Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment and visit our website, www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. You'll find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started. My name is Adam Homie. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. Here at the Business Creators Radio Show, we sometimes go supernatural. We actually had an episode where we discussed uh, the conversations I've had with dead people. We can have some fun with entrepreneurship here. One thing that we often see in conversations about entrepreneurship, about success, about meeting your goals, is this thing called the law of attraction. It's been around for a long time. And I'm going to tell you candidly, I did sit on my couch in the lotus position, opened up my windows and extended my arms because somebody told me that if I just attracted money into my life, that a wind would kick up and $100 bills would start flying through my window. I tried it. Because the way I look at it, the only way I would be stupid in that situation is if that actually would cause dollar bills to flow through my window and I didn't, I just left it sitting on the table. That being said, there is some skepticism about the law of attraction. It's some people call it woo woo. Some people say, oh, so long as there was manifest and you can make things happen. I'm not sure if that's what they literally meant or not. In fact, we have somebody here who's going to help us disambiguate that and a lot of other things as he shows us all we need to know about using the law of attraction in your business, whether you believe in it or not. So at this point, I ask you to allow yourself the gift of a new discovery that could show you an approach that leads you to a new success. To guide us in this journey, we have with us Andrew Cap. Andrew holds one goal above all others in his, through his various projects genuine and sustainable impact. He often focuses on topics that many find overwhelming, and he then condenses them into actionable, more consumable content. So if in the moment you find yourself overwhelmed, you find yourself confused, enjoy that overwhelm and confusion, knowing that it's about to lead you to something that is actionable, consumable, and fun. Andrew's latest offering, the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read, offers readers a never-before-seen understanding of the topic that no other LOA, L-O-A, however you pronounce that book, has ever been able to do by going the extra mile of finally addressing why people who get excited and trying it still can't manage to get in the habit of using these methods for just five minutes a day. This book, the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read, has enjoyed continued success, including over 1,500 five-star reviews, number one bestseller status in multiple categories on Amazon, and a growing YouTube channel devoted to it. With that, Andrew Cap, come on in. The weather's fine. <laughs> Adam, thank you so much for having me, and thank you for the very interesting, very cool intro. I really appreciate it, and I'm really excited for this conversation today. 
oh, I get off on this weird brain stuff. So no, I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. But uh, that, but some people look at this and they say, oh, that's woo-woo. That's not, no, no. Leave that aside. I did an entire episode on this show devoted to stories in my conversations with dead people. If I can do that with a straight face believing in it, because I do, I can certainly embrace power in the law of attraction. And I was one of those folks who thought, oh, this stuff is just dumb. Oh, I'm going to manifest it. It's going to happen. In fact, it was partially a sarcastic response to the thing that actually had me sitting me on my couch in the lotus position with my windows wide open and my arms extended, waiting for those $100 bills to fly through. And again, my thought process is, as I said it was, I realized in that situation, the only way I could actually be stupid is to find out that that would have worked if I actually tried it. So that's why I tried it. But we want to make this usable. We want to make people find a way to believe in it and apply it practically so that they can enjoy what it does for them in terms of growing their success. And before we do that, what we like to do on Business Creators Radio is I read off your bio, spoke about your book, your YouTube channel, everything else. Let's get to know you a little bit better. So tell us a bit about your journey and what's actually brought you here to where you are today, serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion, making a difference for your community market and audience with this topic. Yeah. So, you know, obviously this is a a bit of left of center type of business to be in. And uh, I actually, I, I discovered this because I've been an entrepreneur and I think a lot of entrepreneurs out there or salespeople they can kind of relate to that idea of having to kill your own dinner, so to speak. And uh, I remember back in 2004, I was, I was you know, young and, and just trying to figure things out. So I found myself looking for, you know, positive mindset, positive modalities, law of attraction. Like this was basically one modality of many where I was just trying to, you know, get this whole life and business thing figured out. And it was actually, it had its hits, hits and its misses. Like sometimes it would work, but it was, it was kind of inconsistent. And I kind of went along with this um, for about four years until 2008. I lost that business and my girlfriend of three years when she broke up with me over text because I was working so hard to keep that business afloat, which again, I think uh, people can really relate to. And it was at that point where I basically said, listen, I don't care what happens, when it happens, why it happens. I don't care about any of that. Let me go all in with that law of attraction thing that kind of worked when I actually did it and didn't stop and just see what happens. And um, <clears throat> the results were, were a bit mind-boggling because two weeks later, I felt better, which is saying a lot with a broken heart. Yep. Three months later, um, I'm in a brand new relationship, way healthier one. Four months later, I'm making more money than at any point in my life before then, which I'm sure a lot of people um, think, say, hey, what's that about? And uh, six months later, Adam, everything's different. And you know, I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm running on all cylinders. And I learned whatever this thing is, we'll call it the law of attraction. At least from my perspective, it works when you work it. And it was only 10 years later when I was deciding what can I do in my business where I think I can actually give value and be excited and not be bored and feel good about engaging with my customers and always be interested. What can I do? I decided to finally write this book and, and kind of ride this wave of momentum. And since the end of 2019, that's all I've been doing. Congratulations on that. Thank myself, you. I went through, I've been through some breakups myself, uh, some initiated by me, some initiated by the woman involved. About 10 years ago, I went through a doozy of one. Holy mm. moly. It's, uh, it's one of those things where I uh, tentatively confided in it to some of my buddies. We all said, hey, man, welcome to the club. It's happened to all of us. Yeah. Really? We all go through this stuff? Oh, my goodness. Well, we all. I know some people luck out and don't. But turns out 
people you'd never think got dragged into that stuff lived to tell about it. They just don't include it in their official biography, but it's certainly there for the asking. Now, I shared some of my own journey in coming to attempt to understand the law of attraction. And I have found ways to make things like the law of attraction work for me to a degree. So I'm here not only as your host, Andrew, but also as your student, because throughout this, I'm looking to increase my own understanding. So I have my own pad of paper and two pens out. Uh, there's a series of things you want us to go over. So we'll start with that. In some, folk, in some cases, I've heard you say it's ego. So how is ego actually keeping people from succeeding with the law of attraction or any other part of their life or business for that matter? Yeah, so bear in mind, I'm not a clinical psychologist. These are my definitions, but they'll, they'll make perfect sense, obviously. Yeah. I know everyone can relate to having like, you know, the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. But from my perspective in studies, we actually have three minds. We've got the conscious, we've got the subconscious, and we've got what I define as the ego sitting right there in the middle. And the ego, as I define it, only has one job in this world, and that's to keep you alive. And that's good news or bad news, depending on where you are in your life right now, because that means wherever you are in your life, in terms of your business, in terms of your finances, in terms of your relationships, even in terms of your health, good or bad, all your ego knows is right now in this moment, you are alive. So it does not want to risk the status quo, even if you're looking for what you think is going to be an improvement, because there are people out there right now, they want to be rich and famous or, you know, one or the other. And for all their ego knows is when you become famous, you get a stalker and that's a threat to your survival. Yeah. All your ego knows is when you get money in the bank, distant family is going <clears> to <throat> come out of the woodwork and try to take your money from you, try to take your house, legal bills, another threat to your survival. So your ego, as I define it, really actually loves you and it's looking out for you. But in a misguided way, it's keeping you stuck in place and preventing you from making positive changes because it just doesn't want to risk it. And by the way, you know, law of attraction aside, this in my experience is why sometimes we know we should do certain things for our business. We know we should make certain decisions. We should get in good habits. We should call leads every day. And we still don't do these things because there's that block. There's that voice. There's that devil on our soul, shoulder, so to speak, talking us out of it because it's the ego worried about what might happen if we actually succeed. And it can't predict our, our uh, survival rate, really. You know, it's interesting as you bring this up, this ego is protective. This reminds me of a conversation we recently had on Business Creators Radio Show with Dr. Philip Agrios, uh, another friend of mine. And I shared with him, because he attended a training that I did on this, about how I use technology and decisions about how I leverage my time to maximize my productivity by understanding that I have different energies on different days that apply to different tasks. So part of my formula is there are two days during the week, Tuesday and Thursday is what it is right now, where it is impossible to schedule an appointment with me. Unless you're somebody who has already given me a ton of money, I'm not going to acknowledge any attempts you make to contact me. The only way you're going to be able to interact with me is if you're a client of mine and I need something from you right now that's related to what I'm working on right now. That's mm -hmm. the level I go because I know that I like to have lots of space. When I get involved in something, I get really deeply engrossed in it and just keep going and going and going and going. That's just the way I am. And I also know that I usually need to take some time to sort of goof off to ramp up into that. I account for all of it. I spent four months getting my life to the point where it could actually sustain 
me having the type of schedule where I have three days where I commit to nothing except phone calls, interviews, and appointments, and two days where I commit to nothing except productivity. And so those first couple Tuesdays and Thursdays, sitting there with my empty schedule, my assistant knowing that unless it's actually important, even her stuff can wait a day. With this, you would have thought it was Ralph Cramden, humming, 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 humming. Hmm. I was scared to death mm. because it was working. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking to myself, what is going to happen that's going to capsize this? Mm. Was that my ego protecting me? Yeah. Is that what was going on? Say, say that again, Adam. Was that my ego protecting me? In, in my opinion, from my experience, yeah. And well, it's trying to protect you. It's certainly not actually protecting you. It's only doing its its best. And by the way, just to, to speak to this, I love your level of self-awareness because you were so self-aware and you were so strategic, which we're on the same page. I'm, I'm a strategy guy that you went through this. And even through all that, your ego still found a way to gnaw away at you and try to stop you again, only because it's freaking out because this is a whole new change in who you are. And it doesn't know if you're going to survive if you do that way. Yeah. Uh, I looked at what took me so long to get to that point. And I looked over the trajectory of my life over the course of years where I would set aside days to work on something and I'd still never get it done. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that the pattern was, is I would decide to, that would be, if I had some form for the IRS, I needed to call them about. And I had spent six weeks not getting around to picking up the phone and calling the IRS to find out if that was $9.33 or $11.33 I said I owed them or whatever it is. I would pick that day to sit on hold with them for an hour and a half. Mm. It would be little <laughs> things like that. Or I'd say, oh, okay, well, I know that my car has needed detailed for such a long time and it's really getting kind of dusty in there. I'll do it today. Yes. <laughs> Whereas that is actually the stuff that should be happening on the call days. Yes. That because the whole purpose is to have that freedom to yourself. Yes. And ego's like, Mm-mm, not, not on my watch. Uh-huh. So yeah. uh, with that being said, uh, what is, what is some of the information you refer to one piece of information that may be missing if law of attraction isn't working for somebody. Now, I know we're jumping around a little bit here. I'm yeah. just following intuitively where this feels like it's going. Yeah, well, there, there's a couple pieces to this. Well, first of all, you know, probably just to address, because we're talking about the ego, it's like, thanks, Andrew, for that bad news. What do I do about it? And <laughs> in the context of the law of attraction, at least from what I teach, it's like, if it sounds it sounds silly. And um, I'm totally, by, uh, by the way, on board with you that you can't just sit on your couch and wait for something to happen and not do anything. But I but, tried um, it. I, I tried it because I didn't want to be the fool to miss out on it if it worked. I want to be yeah. clear on that. And major props to you because that's what you got to do. You've got to be bold in that way. But um, I would say this. If you just take five minutes, as, as ridiculous as it sounds, five minutes every single day through a process of any kind of gratitude or visualization to what you want, that in and of itself is going to start to build momentum where things are going to auto-correct for you. And the number one, I guess the number one issue people have with law of attraction is they don't try that because they often they'll do methods out of an obligation. Like it's a chore rather than a choice because they think they're supposed to do that in order to get their result and they're missing the point. The whole point of a gratitude process or a visualization or a meditation or whatever you want to call it, the whole point is that it feels good. And 
if you don't believe that this is about energetically sending out a vibrational signal to the universe to mirror back at you, well then just believe in the power of your subconscious mind and how it's really crucial to send positive instructions to that through feeling good every single day. So number one thing people do or, or a mistake that they make regarding law of attraction is they don't find a method that they can actually enjoy therefore do consistently and in time with their schedule so they can actually invite beneficial results into their life. Yeah. So how about people who don't care about the law of attraction? How can they still benefit from it? So I love, I love giving examples um, that are rooted in physical reality because we all get them. So a perfect example or perfect answer I like to give to this is we take the example of lifting, uh, sorry, uh, lifting weights to get muscles. And that's obviously oversimplified, but everyone understands it. So yeah. just to throw two possible explanations, Adam, as to how this works. Explanation number one is you lift weights. And when you go to sleep at night, the muscle fairy comes and waves a magic wand and poof, you wake up with muscles. Explanation number two is when you are lifting weights, you're putting so much stress on your body that your muscles are actually tearing in little areas and your body responds by healing itself by filling in those gaps with more muscle fiber. Now, that's a butchered explanation in and of itself, but I'm sure people would agree if they're going to choose any of those, those uh, explanations, it's going to be that one. But my answer is, unless you're a personal trainer and you need to know this stuff, the answer doesn't matter. What matters is you lift weights, you get muscles. You put in yeah. X, you get Y. And by that same token, if you do any kind of law of attraction method by hook or by crook, you will get results. And if I'm lying or deluded about that thing, at the very least, when you're engaging in gratitude, it's five minutes out of your day where you're not worrying about your business. You're not worrying about the relationship. You're not stressing out. Physiologically speaking alone, putting the universe aside, you want to give yourself that five minutes where you're just relaxing because studies have shown at the very least that it'll improve sleep. It'll increase confidence. It'll reduce anxiety. It'll basically be a win no matter what. But I'll tell you from personal experience, there's an even bigger win waiting on the back end if you do that often enough with enough consistency. You know, it's it's interesting. Before you and I started our conversation today, I had about a 30 minute, actually I had a two hour gap in my calendar. I did a live stream in my Facebook group, which you may have seen earlier. And then uh, we hopped on and we uh, were doing this interview here. So what is interesting is that during that that gap and, you know, we're we're on a day right now, which is one of my call and appointment days. So this is the one where if I see the two hour gap, that's when I'm supposed to call the IRS. And that's when I'm supposed to take the car, to the detail shop, mm. not during focus days. Yeah. <laughs> so during that two hour period, I ran out, I realized that I was out of stevia. I can't have my iced tea without my stevia. So I went and bought some stevia, came back. And during that time, I just enjoyed the fun of propelling my automotive vehicle down the road and then back up again. No, I didn't force myself to listen to motivational tapes or entrepreneurial eBooks. Turned up my music, mm -hmm. and it just and and the, it just gave me that. It did something that just awakened my mind. It. Part of the reason I'm so energized right now, uh, we're an audio only show, so what you folks can't see, and this is actually part of the reason it's audio only, is I'm not sitting in a media pose with my shoulders square looking at the screen. I have a headset that's on a 20-foot cord. I'm pacing all over the place because I'm, I'm that full of a brilliant energy. Yes. Due and to I And I do give credit to the fact that I took a timeout, and I could have said, 
all, and I could have said because some folks say this is how you're supposed to do it if you're hustling and grinding. That's 20 minutes you could have picked up the phone and closed the sale. The hell with that, I'll make a sale later. Right. And, and you know, it's, it's a thing. It's like we only have so much bandwidth. And by the way, I love this story because you used the word supernatural when you began the podcast. And, you know, it, it is what it is or it is what it isn't. But this is a perfect example that you don't have to be woo woo in order to engage this in this process. For me, my perspective, it's all about just feeling good. It's about taking a deep breath. It's about relaxing. It's about decompressing. It's about changing a negative direction when you're going down a road of of getting wound up and, and, and stressing yourself out and tiring yourself out. So I love the way you intuitively chose something that felt really good and helped you decompress. And I would argue that that's actually strategically good because someone that's going nonstop all day, they're gonna run out of steam and everything they, they can work for technically quote unquote work for eight hours or whatever it's gonna be, but those are gonna be eight unproductive hours. Whereas if they do two hours and then decompress and then do another two hours or whatever schedule works for them, they're going to actually be putting in 16 hours worth of value as opposed to the eight that they just did. It's strategically sound to keep yourself on point and to keep yourself relaxed and to keep yourself in a good space energetically. That's funny how that works. I, one of my discoveries is research that I've done. Studies have been conducted on this. The number that they seem to average out to, in fact, some studies arrive at this exact numbers. If you have somebody working in, let's say, an office environment, uh, not, not like a manufacturing line or if they're uh, a police officer on the street or something like that, but somebody doing intellectual work in an office, they're mm -hmm. there for their eight hours a day plus their mandatory hour lunch and two 15-minute breaks. The actual amount of time that they will spend there that will generate any value at all for the company is two hours and 54 minutes. <laughs> Rest of it's taken up by meetings, uh, obsessing over how we word emails, water cooler chat, uh, dealing with the latest nonsense from management, drama with the other people, getting distracted by your teammate across the way who won't stop snapping their freaking gum. <laughs> you, you forgot whereas, whereas, at home, whereas at home, <laughs> you can make all that stuff go away in most cases. Even if you have a family and you're sharing your house with your family or with roommates, you have, in most cases, at least some ability to make that go away for a few hours. And by go away, that could mean go to one room that everybody in the place recognizes as yours and they do not enter uninvited under pain of death. It could mean go sit on your balcony, which is what I would do. It could mean go to a coffee shop or a cigar shop where they got good Wi-Fi and it's relatively quiet. But outside that office environment, you can create three hours to get that three hours of productivity done. And what we've seen over the past year with all this uh, stuff with a bug going around and companies that resisted remote work and employees working from home now being told, you'll either have them work from home or you'll shut your business down. So they're forced into it, making these magical discoveries of, oh goodness, uh, it looks like Andrew was only online for about three hours, but his numbers are up 20%. Mm -hmm. Huh. What's up with that? It's funny how that works. Yeah. And I think, and I think that actually ties into this in some way because it deals with intention, it deals with environment, and it deals with inspiration that drives people to do what they need to do or want to do. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly, Adam. And I'll say this again, you know, we, we use supernatural and we are kind of like an airy fairy space here. But just as an example um, that, you know, imagine 
you're, you're visualizing yourself getting more clients or like doubling your business. Well, when you're doing that, well, some people will say, first of all, it's like, well, I've been visualizing that for a year and it hasn't happened Andrew, where's your law of attraction now? To which I'd answer, are you doing so with um, frustration, impatience, doubt, fear, uncertainty, or are you focusing on it with enthusiasm and confidence and gratitude? Because one is thinking about the lack of the clients and the other one's thinking about the clients themselves. But, you know, to just a further point on that, again, when you're focusing in that way, sure, I'm going to be the one arguing that you were sending out an energetic vibration that's instructing the universe to send it back to you and give you that in your reality. But if I'm wrong, then we could at least agree for people that aren't down with this. You're sending your subconscious mind very important instructions, and it's going to take the wheel, and it's going to help you make decisions. You're going to have a cadence to your voice when you're on a sales call. You're going to make a different decision when you're emailing somebody. You're going to have a different level of stamina when you're researching. You're Basically, these things are going to be clicking into place almost on autopilot because you've put your focus in that right way. And this kind of speaks back to also, again, being strategic, where you know whatever time you're working do it in the right way. And if it's, if you're, if you're dragging your heels or dragging your feet strategically, the best thing you can do is unwind a little bit so that you can attack it again with a full level, a full tank and a lot more energy and a lot more intention. That's going to get you a lot better result. Another thing they tell us entrepreneurs is that we have to wake up before the sun in order to be successful. And they give us all these examples. Well, so-and-so who's the CFO of this wakes up at 545. Another so-and-so who's the chairman of that wakes up at 445. Uh, X person who created the Y is awake by 2.30 a.m. <laughs> Gee, wow. wow, I'm so impressed. Not. Here's what I, here's what I say. Uh, if I have on my call days, if my first call is at 10 o'clock, I might not wake up till 930. Mm -hmm. However, and this is a point I make to others, while some of those sleepyheads are dragging themselves out of bed at 430 because they were told that that makes them more productive because so-and-so who's the chairman and CEO of X does it, I'm still charging on all eight cylinders, kicking your ass the work I've been doing for the past six hours mm -hmm. and loving it because I get in my zone when nothing's going on, meaning yes. at night. And you speak to something important there, Adam, because like, you know, you're just saying like, you know, there's these rules that people think they're supposed to follow. Yeah. They're supposed to get up at sunrise or whatever it might be. To me, the only rule strategically is to work in congruity or congruence or whatever word works with who you are as a person. What works for you? What gets the best out of you? Because it's going to almost always be different from someone else anyway. So you've got to write your own rules and you've got to break other ones until you get to, and at least in my opinion, until you get to a place where you really feel in integrity with who you are as a person, as a business person, as a human being, as you're doing whatever work you're doing and as you're making whatever business you're making. Well, think about how we get conditioned into a lot of this. Did you go? Did you go to school, or we, did you just download knowledge into your brain when you were growing up? <laughs> I went to school, or uh, or program uh, programming camp, depending on what you want to call it, right? Or, yeah, exa exactly. So uh, you caught a school bus, or you hitched your ride, or you walked, or whatever, at a certain time in the morning to be there um, in time for homeroom, which for some reason started at exactly seven thirty-four a.m where you would get your morning announcements and then you would have three minutes to walk to your first class, which for some reason started at exactly 7.52 a.m. 
<laughs> and then you would sit there for exactly 49 minutes and then have exactly six minutes to get to your next class, which was all the way on the other side of campus. And you know the rest. So we're shown that knowledge is supposed to happen in these equal increments and it somehow has to take nine hours a day. So translate that to the homeschooling environment. If homeschooling is being done properly and you are homeschooling your child and you're spending more than two, two and a half hours focusing on homeschooling your kids, you're doing something wrong. Hmm. The nature of homeschooling is it helps them to optimize. So let's say, for example, they're a wizard at English literature, but they can't draw an isosceles trapezoid for X. So forget about that math stuff. They don't right. need to sit there for 49 minutes learning about English literature. They can pass that test without reading the notes. Yeah. So now they're going to spend an hour or so trying to figure out these algebraic trigonometric, whatever it is. I mean, I can pronounce trigonometric, but I don't even know what trigonometry is, really. I don't remember the point of it. I, I somehow passed the test. I don't know. But the point being is, since I would need more effort there to pass that class and to hopefully gain something from it that translates into my world endeavors that's available to me. Yeah. And, and I'm not being told, well, you have 49 minutes to figure out trigonometry. Okay. Maybe I need the entire three hours that day to figure it out. I have the entire three hours because English let, I already know that I read that book three years ago. Give me a test. I'm ready. I'll pass it now. Yeah. I don't need a, I don't need to sit. I don't need a lecture on it. And you know, it's, it's not an exact comparison. I'll, I'll grant you that, but yeah. you don't take NBA players to batting practice. Yeah. makes no sense. Right. Yeah. So when we look at that, and I brought up this whole uh, industrial structure of the education system for a specific reason, we're taught that by following roles, conforming to timetables drawn up by others, and working hard and studying, that's how we succeed. And yet now there's this law of attraction out there that can attract success to you. Well, that's just a bunch of woo-woo garbage. Nothing <laughs> beats hitting the books. Right. Well, <laughs> my life story tells you that is not the case. Uh, I was that genius in English lit. I didn't even need to read the textbook. In college, I had a three credit course. I never even bought the textbook and I got an A for the class because I already knew the stuff. That that, I, already, I already knew the stuff. They were forcing me to take the class as part of a general education requirement. I probably knew more than the instructor, but I had to sit there through it. Yeah, it's, it's funny, like there, there's a certain standard, they make a certain rule, and then they hold you to it. And the interesting thing is, but it's not just law of attraction, people are not taught, um, you know, they're, they're not taught about taxes, they're not taught about um, how not to stay into a credit card debt, or, yeah. or what interest means. Like, there, there's a lot of things that we're not taught about interacting with the world or, or the real world around us, that could be a lot more practical and a lot more useful. And I mean, it is what it is. There's, there's there's always room for improvement. There is a purpose to some extent for this. And if nothing else to hurt all the cats, but um, you do speak yes. to the really thing that's like, there's a lot that we're missing here and that we hopefully find after the fact and that we could hopefully be independent and strategic enough to implement in a way that's going to work for us. Yeah. So uh, there's a couple of things I want to bring up here that'll sort of collate what we've been discussing here. Um mm -hmm. Do you actually need to believe in the law of attraction for it to work? No. And, and again, this kind of goes back to, um, you know, that example where like, you know, lifting weights to get muscles. I yeah. say this, 
um, the whole point for me, again, I'm a, I'm a strategy guy, find a gratitude or visualization process that you enjoy without caring about the result that you could just enjoy in the moment. And then if you get a result, I don't need you to give me credit or my book or the universe or energy or anything like that. But I would implore anyone that, ha that goes through this to at least identify that you did this thing, you felt this gratitude and these weird, strange things that are good started happening to you. And just take that as a cue of, I don't care if it's the universe, I'm just gonna do this thing because for whatever reason, when I started it, I got a good result. So I'm just gonna keep that thread going. So if you do believe in law of attraction, do the techniques need to be followed perfectly step-by-step step in order for them to work? Oh, definitely not. You know, the <laughs> thing is, and that's the thing, that's like actually, you know, um, I, I kind of talk about that a lot. The, when, the, it's, when you worry about doing it perfectly, that's just another way of the ego getting in your way. Cause like, oh, if you don't do this perfectly the way the book tells you, then here's another thing to worry about and keep you from doing it. I would say this, the only rule is to feel good while thinking about what you have or what you want or both. As long as you can do that, change the steps, change the order, change whatever you're doing, do whatever's going to work for you. And I encourage people like the methods in my book are reimaginings of other methods that I'd learned, but I decide to make them a little bit more congruent with me, a little more imaginative, a little more enjoyable, again, as a strategy to keep me engaged with it. But I invite people, I try to be very clear and very specific so they can follow it to the letter if that's their personality, but they should always feel freedom to tweak it if they want to. They're going to get a result as long as they're thinking about what they want or, um, or what they have or both while feeling good at the same time. Do you believe it's possible to admire somebody, to recommend somebody, to look to somebody as someone who inspires you, who motivates you, from whom you learn, and somebody who has made you more intelligent, more valuable, and more viable while strongly disagreeing with them on a certain point? Yes. Okay. So uh, you've heard me say, Andrew, and just as our guests have heard me say over 450 times, we've listened to every episode of this show, but here at the Business Creators Radio Show, we're about helping our awesome guests like you surface the intersection, surface your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Uh, that is a phrase I've been using even before the Business Creators Radio Show existed. Now, Larry Wingett, who's a friend of mine, uh, has some different views on passion. I will refer you to Larry and you can ask him yourself if you if you or anybody who's listening knows him or find one of his videos on the topic. Let's just say that I would never actually ask him anything about the intersection of brilliance and passion because we do not agree on that. Mm. So but yet I agree with just about everything else he says. So I brought that up very briefly because it speaks to the possibility that we can work with something in the main, we can gain from something in the main, even if we cannot reconcile a piece of it with our own truth. And do you think mm -hmm. that some of that might be going on when folks resist the law of attraction? Yeah. And, and for people that do that, again, I, I'm weird in this way where I don't even want to convince them to believe in it. I, all I want to do is give them enough of a window of opportunity where they can do the methods, which are more practical. I mean, we'll call them law of attraction methods. We'll call them manifestation methods. It's really feeling gratitude or, or visualizing what you want, which again, can just be down to uh, programming your subconscious mind. Um, my number one goal is like get people to, to try it for themselves, get a result. And I, I could almost be really okay. I can definitely be okay with someone that turns themselves into a multimillionaire using methods in my book or any law of attraction book and still not believing in law of attraction ever. I'm saying as long as you got the result, as long as you had a good experience, 
that's all that matters and you don't need to you don't need to credit it but like there's there's something to be said for just feeling gratitude that even if you don't believe it's going to attract something it does feel good and we all deserve to feel good and i'm a huge proponent of like this only takes five minutes so give yourself five minutes out of the day whether it's the beginning of the day or the end of the day whatever works for you just feel good think about things that you're grateful for think about people that you're grateful for think about things that are going to get you in a good mood because you know, who knows what's going to be thrown at you later on in the day. You might as well strategically give yourself this gift because who knows what might happen. And if nothing happens, at least you took time out of the day to feel good about yourself where you could have spent that five minutes worrying about something instead. What if uh, you just call it by something else? For example, I've gotten up on stages around the country and I've said that if you have that if you have this in your business, you don't want it and you need to get rid of it. The last thing you need or want in your business is traffic to your website. In fact, if you have it, stop it. Don't have traffic to your website. It's bad. Hmm. And you're saying, what? Huh? <laughs> Are you freaking kidding me? Did you just say the earth is flat? No, actually, the earth is kind of an oval. It's backed by science. Anyway, uh, I don't agree with the proposition of traffic to your website because traffic is why I work from my home office. And what's a website? There are a hundred ways you can define a website. What the hell does traffic to your website mean? I want visitors to my mm. web pages who fall within the three P's of website conversions, which is pre-qualified, prepped, and pumped. Mm. All Love I it. did was rename it. So yes, I know. You got to get people coming to the web page and doing the thing. I just renamed it. Yeah. And you know, in a lot of ways, I, I don't know if everything, I mean, I, I would say that, but I'm not sure. Like, this is all the same thing. You call it the law of attraction. You call it positive thinking. You can even call it um, synchronicity. You can call it coincidence, even though I don't believe in that specifically. Yeah. But all I'd say is like, for me, it's just about strate strategically engaging in the world around me in a way that in my experience has led to results. And at the very least in my experience has made me feel good. And in the experience of people I've worked with has done the same thing for them. So it's like a, a very reliable thing. It's like, you know, we, we understand that you lift weights, you get muscles, but what if we, what, we weren't sure if that was true? The only way you could find out is if you actually do that and you see what happens. And I would encourage people to do this also. And again, it's, this is just the law of attraction is just a word for something else that's going on in your life that you understand in a different way. It doesn't even have to be this defined in this way. It doesn't have to be treated in this way. As long as you are trying it out and, and getting your own unique experience and giving it a shot, that's all I would recommend for anybody. Yeah, I think that I think that's important. So what I was getting at is if the label of it somehow is not aligning with your truth, perhaps just put a different label on it. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. wholeheartedly. Yeah, so we can do law of attraction without actually calling it law of attraction. So we don't have to we don't have to have the debates about the people who are in the video and and uh, do you really get money flowing at you from sitting in the lotus position and da, 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 da. you can leave all that aside and use the yes. valuable stuff to grow your business in your life. And one important piece of that Adam is because like part of this is like law of attraction. Um, it's a loaded term, the way God is a loaded word, sex is a loaded word, love yep. is a loaded word. Um, people hear law of attraction and other people have uh, explained it as if money just floats effortlessly, but it's not quite like that. And I think part of the, the key thing to keep in mind here is just because some person may have explained law of attraction in a certain way, like The Secret, um, whether you love that or hate that movie, it's like just because it was explained in a certain way doesn't necessarily mean that's the only way that it really is applicable. And for me, the law of attraction is whether it's your subconscious mind or the universe or whatever you want to believe in, you're putting something out there that's basically inviting situations where things are going to work out for you. But 
you're going to take action in the middle of it. I don't believe personally that you're going to sit on your couch. Like I'll say sit on your couch for a month if you want to, but at some point inspired action is going to come to you. You're going to have an idea for a book or a business or an action to take or a client to reach out to or a friend to ask a favor of or whatever you're doing for whatever goal that you want. An idea is going to come to you and then you're going to need to take action. And it's going to feel like magic in the sense that you've wanted something for 10 years and then all of a sudden three months later you have it, but you did take action to get it. So action will be required. It'll more feel like magic just because there's certain things that you wanted for so long, you didn't see the possibility to get them until now. That is what I really encourage people to kind of keep their mind open to because they might be pleasantly surprised and they might realize that an older explanation of the law of attraction might have nothing to do with what it actually is for them anyway. Yeah. Another disagreement uh, where I have somebody where I agree in the main, but there's one thing um, is one of my, one of my coaches and uh Part of his coaching involves raising cash when you need it fast. You got a bill to pay, uh, something unexpected, or you just really want to go on vacation, would like to have a nice time. So you need uh, a big ball of cash to just land on you right now. Sitting on the couch in the lotus position ain't going to do it. However, finding something you can do for cash flow purposes will. So quick history lesson here for you. Before the year 2009, I owned a website development firm. Now that has led people to believe that I'm a web designer. I am not. Hmm. I understand what CSS is. I understand how server side includes work. In fact, I explained that concept to a lot of people. I know the difference between HTML, SHTML, PHP, how to create a web scale image and how to deal with colors and fonts to attract the eye, okay? I don't know how to design a website. I don't know how to draw a roller with a straight line. I don't even know how to get that analogy right. Mm. So the thing that comes back when I receive that type of advice is, oh, why don't you just go build some websites and use that money to fund the thing you want to do? And I've tried that. What happens is, is I end up actually managing to lose money on it. Because it's funny how when you're bringing things into your life that don't align with your truth and your energy, your brilliance and your passion, they actually suck things out of you. So I could have gotten paid $20,000 to build a three-page website and I would have managed to lose 15,000 on it. Hmm. It's fine. I mean, and, and I, those may sound like exaggerated numbers, but I'm actually only scaling up the same percentages from the losses I took on something that I thought, ah, this will be easy. Right. Ended up costing me out of pocket more than my gross revenue. So you take all the money in gross revenue, double it, and then add some. And that's how much money went out of my pocket just to fulfill it. And I attribute that to the energy just not being there. So my counter to that is, so if I'm raising cash so that I can fund something that I want to do, and I'm going to have to go through hustle and grind to get there or, you know, have to, we're going to use that phrase loosely, but because it fits here, what if I just went and hustled and ground and got clients to pay me to do the thing I want to do? Mm. Huh? So I'm still doing things for the cash flow. It may be a variation of that thing that's at the intersection of my brilliance and the passion that's packaged for cash flow purposes, but it's still the thing I want to do. Yes. The thing I enjoy, the thing that I want there to be more of out there. 
Yes. To me, to me, that to me, that's a cash flow strategy. And if you're in a situation where you're looking to enter a market, what better way than to find ways to get paid for that thing within a cash flow packaging and create case studies and success stories? So when you take it out to the main market, you're already on a roll instead of, well, I took a six month segue to lose money on doing this other thing I hate and hoping to raise money for this now more broke than I was before. Yeah, you know, hearing that, like, again, putting law of attraction aside, just what I know about human psychology and my own experience, and hearing you say this and affirm this, it's like the worst thing, in my opinion, that you can do as a business person is pick something to make money that you don't enjoy. Because what if you are successful? Well, then you're going to be stuck doing that thing, being more and more miserable. And and eventually, it's going to blow up in one way, shape, or form. Whereas for me, strategically, and sounds to me like you're you're on the, the same wavelength here, Find something that you enjoy to make the money with. So even when you're working hard, you'll be fueled. You'll still be enjoying it. You'll get something out of it. And then when it scales, you'll be glad that it scales because you're basically getting the opportunity to scale something you're already enjoying as the money comes in. So it becomes a win-win yeah. rather than a lose-lose. Oh, I'll, oh, and if uh, if our listeners aren't awake by now, I'll give them, I'll give them a jolt. You want to hear a jolt? Let's have it. I'll give you a jolt right now. Um, Bernie Madoff, who recently left this earth, about mm-hmm. uh, very recently, in fact, uh, didn't even make big news, but it happened. He's dead. Anyway, uh, during his efforts to attempt to justify or at least explain what he did, the theme came up again and again through his writings, the recordings of telephone calls he had with people, uh, recollections of folks who spoke with him uh, when he was in prison. He would explain that Up until the early 90s, he was a completely legitimate businessman. He got into that Ponzi scheme that he got involved in because he ran into a cash flow situation in essence. His plan was within a year or two, he would find a way to reconcile the client accounts and get out of it and legitimize the whole thing retroactively. It was a combination of getting too deep into it and the money being too good that led Mm -hmm. him to his path to ruin. So in essence, if you really want to boil that down, if it hadn't been for a guy who hit a rocky road in his otherwise successful business doing something for a cash flow hit, one of the biggest financial scandals of recorded history would have never happened. Mm. A lot of lives would have been different. Yeah. Now, now I'm not attempting to defend or justify him. I don't think he was really attempting to uh, uh, you know, defend or justify himself either, but that's the explanation he came up with. It's not mm. without logic. Yeah. It's like, and, you know, it's like, it's, it's not even forgiving him. It's just saying, okay, let's, let's, let's call this what this is. And this is someone who, who made a bad decision out of basically a lackful attitude and got caught up in it. And um, thank you for that, Jolt. And thank you for reaffirming. Like, it all comes down to, in my opinion, I agree with you. It's like, what action can you take that's inspired that to sound airy-fairy is from a mental headspace or energetic space, depending on your preference, of abundance rather than scarcity, because, yeah. you know, to some people it might sound a little, little airy fairy, but um, if I have a choice between like waking up every day, doing something that's incongruence with who I am as a person, or always feeling like I'm, I'm scratching and clawing my way with an uphill battle, I'm going to be that airy fairy person, or I'm just going to be that person that's like going down that road. Cause um, I don't, I don't know if you believe in reincarnation or not, but even if you do, this is still your one trip as this person in this I life. say that all the time. <laughs> I constantly use that phrase, almost in those exact words. Mm. 
See a little osmosis there. Yes. It's funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, somebody's been listening to my speeches. Yeah, seriously. I, I've written <laughs> articles on that topic. And well, isn't it true though? I mean, it makes perfect yeah. sense. Like no matter what, you can't get around that in one way, shape, or form, regardless of your beliefs. This is your one trip. And I I agree with you wholeheartedly. So we better better enjoy it. Like enjoy it. Like yeah. You don't want to be a, a miserable millionaire, be an abundant, happy, ecstatic millionaire. You can, there's a, like either one's going to take work. Do you want inspired work or, or horrible work? I take the inspired work any day of the week, twice on Sundays. Okay. So uh, I'm going to jump ahead here a little bit. We have about 10 minutes left. And normally it's within that last minute or two that we have the, um, we have the guest share their special free thing for our listeners. In mm -hmm. your case, your invitation is for them to sign up uh, and subscribe to your YouTube channel uh, mm -hmm. under the name Andrew Cap K-A-P. I've been there. I've uh, had a chance to watch some of your videos. And in the time we have left, I want to incentivize our listeners to go check out your YouTube channel by asking you a couple questions about a couple videos that really uh, jumped at me. Actually, I'm going to ask you about a couple that I didn't watch, but their titles are yeah. just so attractive to me, for lack of a better phrase, that I'm going to watch them. Thank you. And I'm, I'm all ears, ready to answer whatever right. question you have. So one that I cannot wait to click play on is about manifesting what you want with the makeup chair method. <laughs> yes. Um, do you want me to give it away? You want the spoiler? Uh, give us the spoiler, at least. So, well, so the basically the gist of it is this was watching an interview with uh, with Paul Bettany, who plays the vision in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yep. And he was basically talking about a situation where he he'd have to wake up every day and he had to be in that makeup chair two, three, four hours before going to work. And Kevin Smith asked him, like, well, how do you how do you deal with that? And he made this joke. And then he said, I meditate on the long line of people that would gladly change places with me. So that's basically my fun way of, of teaching a gratitude method where when whenever you're having some kind of issue, try to think of th things about your life that a million people or countless people or a long line of people would gladly trade with you for. Whether that means, you know, you have a loved one, you have a, a healthy heart, like whatever, whatever you can find about yourself that you know people would gladly trade places with you for, it's an easy way to experience gratitude. That's the makeup chair method. Wow, that is that is just totally something here. Uh, and, you know, you do mention, uh, and this is a video that I'm also going to be watching here. We discussed the whole thing about me sitting on the couch in the lotus position with my arms extended, waiting for the $100 bills to hit flow at me. Mm -hmm. But you do say it is possible to turn yourself into a money magnet. Yes. So here's the thing. We actually, everyone right now listening is a money magnet already in many ways. And to give you just one example of how you've always been a money magnet, think about all the meals that you ate as a kid, all the clothes you wore, and every night that you had a roof over your head, whether you had loving parents or you were in an orphanage, whether it was a good situation or bad situation, that was the universe giving you abundance because you didn't pay any money for any of that food, any of that clothing, any of that shelter. Such one example of many about we've always been money magnets. We've always been attracting abundance. And when you put yourself in that headspace, you will notice more opportunities, even if they're just good ideas of how money can continue to flow to you. And you will also notice that it's already happening. You know, think of all the times people treated you to lunch. Think of all the times someone did a favor for you and it helped you get a job. That's money in your pocket. That's you being a money magnet. So it's basically a reframe to get people to be a little bit more aware 
and, and grateful for all the things coming to them, regardless of whether they have a really high standard of what money they want to bring in afterwards anyway. Okay, that's great. And I know that there are uh, many, many, many more videos that I'm going to end up watching the whole thing. But I do want to encourage our listeners right now, go to Andrew's YouTube video. Uh, just look up Andrew Cap on YouTube. Uh, the fact it's uh, YouTube, blah, 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 blah. But the forward slash part is Andrew Cap, K-A-P. Uh, law of attraction like you've never heard it before. So as we wrap up here, and five minutes flew by real quick, by the way, mm -hmm. uh, for anybody who may be tuning in late, or maybe has listened to the whole thing, and they're still trying to wrap themselves around, why should I get into this? Why should I give the law of attraction a first chance, second chance, hundredth chance? Why should I set aside the woo-woo and think about the wow-wow? I just made that up. Yeah. <laughs> what could you tell them to inspire them to give this the look it deserves? If nothing else, just give it a good look. Yeah, well, well I'd say this. I'm, I'm actually going to go in the opposite direction. I'm going to say, don't even worry about the law of attraction. You're either with it or you're either into it or you're not. But please, please, please give yourself the gift of going through a process of experiencing gratitude for even just 90 seconds or five minutes every single day. Because if nothing else, it's time out of the day where you feel good and you might... You won't know until you do it, but you might be really pleasantly surprised because one example, one thing in my book, I call it the gratitude blitz. All it means is you keep thinking of things as many off the top of your head for as long as you want, whether it's 90 seconds or three minutes or whatever of things that you're grateful for. You could theme it around your body. You could theme it around your relationships. You could theme it around your business. You could theme it around everything in the room that you're in right now, or you could just grab things from, your, you know, think about it's a free for all. Your first kiss, your first crush, cookies, pizza, video games, your computer, your job, your intelligence, your resources, your health. It can go across the board. And 90 seconds in or even 30 seconds, you might not be very impressed. But if you do that, as time goes by and you're in minute, you're in minute uh, two and you're in minute three, you're going to be like, wow, life is good. I feel really good. I'm really glad I did this for myself. Just doing that every single day will make dramatic gains for you that you can't really predict and I can't really, all I can say is try it for yourself. And if I'm lying or deluded, at the very least, you're giving yourself the gift of those five minutes to feel good about something. Absolutely. And I, I think that is a fantastic place to start because that's going to serve you no matter what. So I do encourage our listeners, go to Andrew Capp's YouTube channel and also pick up his book, The Last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read. It'll take the beginning that we discussed here today on this show and really move it all the way to where you need to go to understand how it is that once you have that information, you'll have what you need about the law of attraction so that you can find something and put it into practice if it fits your truth. So Andrew Cap, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and believe me in education. Adam, thank you. I, I really appreciate this time and I really appreciate the intentionality of your questions. Thank you so much for having me. We trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.